Here on the Local Buzz special episode with Pastor Gary Hewins Man, from right. CBC Community Bible Church right here in Highlands, North Carolina. It's a beautiful day out today. Bingo. I got spring, spring fever. Yeah, yeah. I woke up. I even threw a coat on. I was like, yeah, it's going to be cold. And I went outside and it's not at all. Beautiful. Don't mind the screen back here behind us. We're just throwing a little plug in here for Gary's show every Wednesday live stream right from the church here. So uh, tune in on the CBC uh, Facebook page, and um, that's actually going well. I think you're three episodes in so far. Yeah, three, that. maybe four. I don't know. Something four, like that. Three yeah. or four in. Yeah, so that's that's going well. Um, I'm actively watching it, and uh, and we were just discussing that prior to the show, so you can watch live. So when you're watching live, you can put comments in and uh, chat in. But it's really cool to just like what's happening mm -hmm. now. You can occupy the same space and time with us. But most of the viewers come after. You know, there's 100, 200 viewers. It'll start going up higher than that. So I got a series of questions for uh, Gary. Gary, if I call you that? Yeah, please. Uh, I just on. want to call you Pastor Gary. No, whatever, man. <laughs> so I've got, got a series of questions for you, uh, things that I want to know because I'm new to the church and, and okay. town, and I want to get to know you, and I'm sure a lot of people at home, and there's my friends and folks from my hometown, um, I speak a lot about you, so they want to know who is this Gary guy that's influencing your life. Uh, all right, let's see what you got. What you got? <laughs> so let's, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, tell me about yourself. When did you move here? First off, how tall are you? I'm 5'18". Five foot eighteen, my. Yeah, I'm asked that question all the time. Six foot six. Six foot six. Yeah, my wife asked that. She just like he just seems so big, and then when he talks, I'm, you know, when he's when he's up and he's talking, it's just just loud. You know, it's kind of a strength and a weakness because people get intimidated, I think, by tall people. They do. Yeah, I don't. They do. They do. Leaders, Cody's tall fine. leaders are supposed to be more effective, but I don't know if that's the case with me. Well, FDR, yeah, he was in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. Uh, it worked. Well, that's they put true. him up on a stage. I assume they they boosted him up some, but. Yeah. So six foot six. So honey, so you're probably watching this, and Pastor Gary is six foot six. So you got me. You got her by a foot and two inches. You got me by I'm five ten. If I'm wearing my boots, so you got me. You got David by a lot. <laughs> David's behind the camera. Thank you so much for joining us. And Lori B can't be here today. She's doing some educational classes, but she'll be back with us Tuesday morning at nine thirty. All right. So you're six foot six. Tell me a little, a little, little bit about you. Where, where, where you know, where were you born? Um, where were you raised? Oh, man, I started uh, school at four years old in uh, Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Michigan? Lived in Detroit, Cleveland, Washington, D.C., which was an experience, in Atlanta. And I've been here in the mountains of North Carolina for be 10 years in January. So what actually brought you down so from the north to Atlanta? I went from you guys to you all to y'all. I'm saying because you don't have an accent. No. Uh, Unless I talk to my relatives up north, they think I sound like a hillbilly. <laughs> really? So, so then what, what all brought you here? Uh, we drove. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, no, I was called to come up here and pastor this church uh, in January 2009, and I had been in Atlanta for over 20 years, and uh, everything just sort of worked out. It seemed to be very obvious this is a place where we needed to be. Almost say a decade now, going yeah. on very soon. I actually saw some pictures of you without the beard. Yeah. That was back in maybe 2014-ish. Yeah. Or so. And then Cody's back behind the camera here. Cody turned around. I saw, he saw a picture of you too as well. Young baby face, for sure, up there singing. All right, let me, let me get into a couple of questions. Um, some things that, that I like to ask when I'm, when I'm sitting with somebody who, who definitely inspires. So the question is, since you, you obviously inspire, you inspire me, David as well, and there's many, many, many others, what gets you up in the morning? What inspires you daily? Outside of maybe like the obvious, because there, there are some obvious that I would, it would come to mind. Well, that's funny, yes. I am a morning person. So I'm ready to get up when I wake up. That's it, 5, 6 a.m. I'm ready to get up. I'm ready to get up and excited about what I do. I have this distinct privilege of 
being in love with what I do. And not everyone does, and I think that I'm inspired by that. Right. Yeah. Right. So what's, what 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 thoughts come to mind? Because I'm I'm kind of like the same way. I love what I I love what I do. When the, when the clients are calling, I mean, I look I look for that. And I always say too, because I have some staff that oh we have we have a complaint. There is an issue, and I always say if they stop coming to us with that problem, they're going to someone else. Sure. So bring it on. That's our time to shine. The complaints <laughs> are perfectly fine. We just deal with it, and we improve it, and we work on, it, and we learn from it. Uh, so I so I get up in the morning. That's the first thing I'm looking for is how can I make someone's day better from an issue that either we or someone else potentially did. So you know that really fires me up. What what is the thoughts that come to your head? Oh, that's a great about? approach. That's a great attitude. Um, my approach is to meet people where they are and bring them one, one step closer to where they want to be. Right, right. Not not ten steps, just one. Right. Um, there's a lot of pain in the mountains, a lot of confusion in some people, aimlessness, purposelessness. And, and then there's people that are on top of the world. Literally, they're on top of a mountain and on top of the world in an emotional way. And I just enjoy being with people and watching them move one step closer to where they want to be. Right, right. I was thinking that. I was thinking that just because I'm, I'm new up here. So I came from the flattest of flat. It's Florida. <laughs> there, are, there aren't a mountain. So I just go on my patio and I look over. And it's just amazing, the mountains and hills. Sort of, sort of like we're on this peak. Um, yeah. And, and then you can kind of see the horizon, how it curves. And it's like, God created all this. It's just such a unique... Yeah. Sort of, uh, like his paintbrush, just put this together, and it's so, uh, you know, for some people to say that, that uh, I guess we can go there, you know, that he didn't, or right. it's just, you know, then I'm then I'm out there just 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 a couple hours back, and then then a hummingbird. That yeah. was my first time seeing one. Oh really? My okay. First time. I mean, it was. I mean, have you seen a bear yet? I haven't seen a bear yet. Okay, well that's a surreal experience. <laughs> it attacked our trash can, but I haven't seen a bear yet. You actually think you're looking at a bear, but you're really not sure, and then you're convinced of it. Right. So. Anyway, I've had many experiences with bears up here. But uh, have you ever seen that movie with Nicolas Cage where they're, 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 he's an angel and all the angels stand on the seashore in the morning and the sun, and the sun comes up? Mm -hmm. That's what I think of when I go by the overlook and I see the tourists standing there just looking at the <laughs> overview. Just getting charged. It's kind of like the ocean. When you're standing at the ocean on vacation, all of your problems are behind you. Right. And I think people come up here just to enjoy and, and be in a different world, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good. It's good to get away. It's beautiful here for sure. All right, let's go to another question. Um, if you would define self-fulfilling, how would you define that? I would define it as something that a lot of people are looking for, but it's very elusive and very hard to find. Mm -hmm. A better way, I think, to approach life is to be God-fulfilled. How is it that I interact with this God who created this beautiful place and, and wants to have a friendship with me in such a way that he's going to fulfill me and fill me with everything that I need? I spent half of my life, a little less than half of my life now, trying to be fulfilled on my own, and I checked up short. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think of when you say self-fulfillment. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to get your, your take on that, because that's something that I've lived with for years and years back. I chased everything. And one of the stories of my, of my life, my wife and I were just sitting and talking, was there was a point in my life where there was no God. There was nothing. I didn't believe, I, I believed it, but didn't fully believe it. Like, when he took everything from me, like stripped me down completely, right down to, I had practically a brand new car, and the piston shot through the engine block. Like, it just, on the interstate. Yeah. And there was no way, then they said, well, you didn't have oil in it. They drained all the oil out. It was completely, there was no oil in it, drained it all out. So when I got inspected, they said, the warranty doesn't cover, you can get your oil changes. Open my glove box. I said, every three months, they're right here. So there's no way. And called my dad. I'm like, Dad, I need help. I need backup. So <laughs> we're debating with this dealership to get a new engine. I had to go all the way to that level. And then I sat back and I was like, that was just, that was one of the pieces. I'm dropping it. That was one of the pieces of my life where things were just being stripped. 
It's like you, I don't know if it's <clears throat> where something was telling me you don't deserve it, or if that's what happens, you have to get stripped down before you're built back up. Well, it happens in a lot of areas of life. It happens with marriage, it happens with finance. Finance, romance, it happens on a personal level, it happens in the marketplace. If you don't change the oil, if you don't get checked up, if you don't check in with God every once in a while, the engine locks up. You don't go anywhere. Eventually, you're brought to a place of utter helplessness. It was, that's what happened to me. It was, it was that way, like everything. Sometimes it takes that. Every you know? dollar, my relationship, my yeah. family, but it just happened in, in piece by piece. And, and it wasn't like I was going out trying to find that. Yeah. It just was happening. It was like, you're not on the right path. This takes this to take it away. Yeah, most you people know. shake their fist at the sky and say, no, why am I in this situation? <laughs> when in reality, if you weren't, you wouldn't even have that need or desire for God. Once I, once I humbled, all of a sudden I noticed friends and friends, they started coming around. Men of, men of God. Mm. I mean, I'm, now I'm surrounded by my business partners, my friends, are all, and but I didn't. I didn't go asking for that, nor did I pray for that. It just started happening. Now I pray for it. Yeah. Now I'm thankful for it. You're but making my point. God fulfilled. He did. There you go. It's different. It's amazing. It's amazing how that happened. But that's yeah, that's a little bit of a journey. Um, how about this? Can you define envy? Envy. Envy. I put it um, in the category of uh, insecurity. Mm. If I'm envious of you, it's probably because I'm lacking something in my own identity, mm -hmm. and I want what you have. And, and actually, I'd rather I'd rather you not have it, even if it's not going to be had by either one of us, I want you to have it. So insecurity is something I've seen a lot of people, but I see that changing. An absence of a real understanding of who they are and how valuable they are. Therefore, what someone else has, we want to make up that deficiency, mm -hmm. to fill that void. Right. Yeah. I see that a lot in uh, younger relationships and uh, insecurities that, that happen between men and women when they date and this control comes in mm -hmm. and it's just kind of toxic nasty right anyway there's there's some of that up here in, in the mountains as there is anywhere but uh, there's one way of looking at it envy mm -hmm. kind of an emotional say like, yeah i guess once once the mind shifts will shift into a like well i am special I have these these certain things about me that are different i don't need this or i don't need that and that's something else with me personally i come to that point and we've we've discussed that uh, I'm in that state where I don't need special things I don't need to buy things to make me feel good um, but I think again when you're younger the outfits matters more yeah. than more than certain you know certain things makes them feel better you know um, they go out they shop and it's emotional shopping um, but yeah, think of a think of a person's prayer life if their prayer life is always asking something for themselves they're revealing that they're they're in this kind of adolescent phase of kind of growing in their spirituality. Eventually, the maturity into things is the prayer life is more about other people. Exactly. It becomes a different focus. Sure is. All right, I got a few more questions for you. Your title. That's pastor. Title. Your title. That's Pastor Gary. Now, the question is here. Does that identify you? If, if it does, I just want to know why. If it doesn't, what does it? Yeah, identify? some people get into titles. I think titles can be important and they can actually be a hindrance. My son, when he's goofing around, well, he's not goofing around, really. He's maybe he is. He calls me Reverend. I don't like that. Reverend. He's, he's an, he says, "Hey, Reverend." And the problem with that is, gosh, there's a lot that goes with that word. I mean, if you really got into that title, there's a lot to live up to, mm -hmm. and there's an expectation there. So I don't like that much. People, people are always asking, me, "What do I call you, Doctor Hewins, Gary, <laughs> Master Gary, all this?" And I'm like. You know, I don't really care what you ask me, right? It's, right, actually, It's like a big deal like to people. Go, it, it is. The, right? only, the only reason I think it's important in this day and age is because 
a younger generation needs to know what a pastor is. Mm. So I think that that title is important. So 20 years from now, we're not asking ourselves, what does it mean? Mm -hmm. Hopefully we've seen one who actually exhibits that, right. a shepherd. Right. Yeah. So I, th I think for younger generations, it's important. Right. Um, do you feel that it identifies you? So when you go home at night and you're just in that, that quiet time, you know, who, who, is, who is Gary? No, I don't think it does. I mean, uh, you, you can really get messed up with that, like thinking you're supposed to be more than you actually are, thinking you're supposed to be so far further down the road than you actually are. Mm -hmm. just have to be yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can be self-deprecating. You can be humble. There's an expectation that the word pastor in the title, you're supposed to have your whole entire life figured out, right. which, which is pretty unrealistic, at least with me it is. Right. So um, they can be good, title can be good, and a title can be a bummer. I know, yeah, I've been there. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough because we're just human, you know. Um, as a Christian too, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I think I'm at that, that point where I'm really carrying the weight of where I feel I have to be walking a perfect line. Yeah. Just completely perfect. And, and when, when, when mistakes do happen or sins do come up and we discuss that too or slip up with like a word or we joke around and, and there's a word that we, we shouldn't say that I feel it's not a sin. And, and David, you know, we kind of, we kind of have that, that jockey back and, back and forth with things but try to walk that line and that's a lot of stress. In yeah. itself, instead of let it be more of a natural flow and I know as my heart is changing, I'm just, as my heart has changed, I feel I'm more um, hard on myself. Yeah. With it, I think I don't know if that's part of again part of the journey through and that's yeah that is part of the journey and that's something that keeps a lot of people from even starting the journey because it's it, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is. It, it, you, know, you know, it's it's tough, but then it becomes habit, and then from you know from it becomes habit, who you are, right? It becomes right the person you are, but it is a it is a tough journey. It's harder than what a lot of folks think, but it's supposed to be hard. Sometimes life is difficult. Sometimes the yoke is supposed to be easy and pretty light. It's, it's, it's different. Whatever's necessary to get you where you need to be. A lot of people think that, that, I hear the word hypocrites all the time about Christians. I don't know if that's true or not. I think we're just sinners. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. People say all the time, there's as many divorces in the church, if not more, than there are. Well, of course they are. People who got divorced came to church. That's right. Or, you know, bankruptcy. They came and wanted healing. Whatever the case may be. I'm not on some kind of legalistic trip here. I'm just trying to meet people where they are. Like I said, take them one step closer right. to where they want to be. Right, right. Get freed up. Got another question for you. Uh, if your journey, if it didn't lead you down this path to this, to this town, to this church, where do you think you might be? You know, at age, at age 27, I accepted Christ, and, and uh, I had no idea what was going to happen. Um, and I've been all over the world, and I've been in situations that one-tenth of one percent of the people in the world have had an opportunity to be involved in. And I don't understand it. I'm so undeserving, but very appreciative. I don't know. I'm pretty much, like, sold out for this whole gospel thing. If I wasn't here, I'd be somewhere doing something, writing something, pursuing something. I'd be traveling. I'd be... There's nothing, there's no way I can see anyone taking from me the, the passion to share the scripture and the gospel. I, I can't fathom that. So I don't know what it would look like, but it would be pretty stinking exciting. Uh -huh. uh, so you said age 27. Let's go back a little before that. What brought you, why didn't, uh, what brought you to God, you know, at that, at that particular age? Was there a well, certain About age 17, about age 17, age, well, almost age 27, I was drunk, stayed drunk. 
I, I was a socially acceptable, high-achieving, athletic person who, who increasingly got more and more addicted to alcohol. Mm -hmm. And um, baffled myself with my behavior. That on one hand, I had so much going for me, and on the other hand, I was such a loser. I couldn't reconcile those two things until uh, my engine locked up on the side of the road, <laughs> metaphorically, and my right. life stopped. Right. Yeah. I just couldn't do it anymore. And then you turned you turned to God. Was was there a friend? Was there somebody in like your life that? Uh, there was that, this obnoxious woman that worked with Gary, my mom. Come on by. Let me show you. Something. <laughs> this board, woman worked with my mom, and she would, she always like hallelujah this and bless the Lord and Jesus this and Jesus that. Anyway, she kept inviting my mom to church. We didn't go to church. Anyway, finally we gave in. So on Christmas Eve we went to this church, and I walked out of there like I was dumbfounded. I couldn't believe. Right. I was crying. I didn't know why. I couldn't explain it, and I keep going back and eventually I gave my life to Christ. Let me ask you a question. This is something that I'm wondering. Um, when you're when you're up there speaking, when Cody does as well, there's that huge emotional thing that builds up in me. Now I haven't had the tears yet. I, I did it years years back at like a you know a different church, but I feel that. I feel that coming on. And I and I'm trying to identify that. So I'm sorting out in my head. I think I feel sorry for the ones that are in church. They're hurting. Not feeling sorry for them but just emotionally. Mm -hmm. I can kind of feel their pain or you know mm -hmm. feel their hurt. Um, and, and, and I feel like crying. It just kind of it kind of wants to come out. What, what is that? Is that just endorphins? Is that the human side of me, or is that a spiritual side? Like, like how is that? It's, chopped uh, up? it's all the above. This is the first um, time I've ever brought this up. So this is, I, I've never above. really inquired about it. If, if you actually have good leadership and you, you take a worship service, when you walk into the door of the sanctuary, you're not walking into a room. You're taking sanctuary. Okay, you're mm -hmm. coming into a place that's got a specific purpose, a specific time. It's very defined. It's kind of like a, you can't be a helicopter and just come drop in. Right. You've got to, you got to have a, a runway to take off. So you're preparing your heart, you're confessing, and you're, you're having this expectation that you're going to spend time with the presence of God. Mm. So the, the, the worship service, if it's done properly, is orchestrated in such a way that the Lord sort of takes control of the human heart and brings you to a place of focus, sometimes abandonment, empathy as you're experiencing exhilaration, mm -hmm. liberation, freedom. For every person in there, there's some different dynamic or transaction going on. And, and while you may have that, someone else is leaking. <laughs> They're leaking out of their eyes. Oh, oh when I see that, I'm, I'm like ready to, I'm, I'm like, I just, I, You know, I look out sometimes <laughs> and if people are crying or got the tissue going and whatever. Well, that's all a manifestation of the presence of God. We don't know how to actually explain it, nor do we know how to actually manipulate it. Right, right. Or him, more appropriately said. So that's natural. Right. Yeah, you're physically you're physically responding to the presence of God, which is natural. And boy, you should. But you're also spiritually responding and emotionally. Right. So, I mean, I've seen physical manifestations of the presence of God and deliver demoniacs. I mean, I've seen people tremble. There's all different reactions to God and His intensity. But you've got to approach him in the way that he says approach me. I like it, yeah. Cody as well, when, when he's up there, I can, because I, I watch him a lot. So he's up there and I can see him. I mean, thank God, I just can, yeah, you know, just kind of that, it's going through him, which again, it kind of gets the endorphins. You're saying it's not the sad time. I can go into a thankful state. Yeah. It's just kind of, so it's so it's the ebb and, the ebb and flow of that, of that service. Yeah, yeah, I never thought about that. But. And some people are being corrected. Some people are being inspired. Some people are being trained. And some people are feeling compassionate, as you are for others. It's, a, it's an incredible dynamic. It's like every week, though. 
it's happening. Yo, you know, <laughs> Every week it's happening. You just take your hands off and let God do what he wants to do. I am. I'm trying, yeah. Well, then I'll be tearing up. So. But that's okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, Gary, got a few more questions. Actually, we went through my questions list here, so I'm going to put you on the hot, the hot seat in just about a minute or so. Okay. Got one more question for you. How many more years do you think you're going to be doing this for? No idea. And then what, what is your current age? 50? 55. 55, okay. I got plenty of time. Plenty of time. But do you think you'll be doing this into your 80s? I mean, like um, the position that you're currently in, you're leading a church. I will be in ministry the rest of my life, and I will never retire but I'm formulating a, a very specific strategy for the next 20 years of my life. How long I'll be here is not up to me. Right. It wasn't right. up to me to come here, it's not gonna be up to me to leave. But when right. the time right. is right, I will leave, yeah. or I won't. It just depends. Yeah. And then how do you, how do you know when, when that decision comes? So if there's a tough, a tough decision to, to be made, if there is to, to go someplace else, or to you know, move, move on. Because um, I just talked, to, I talked that over with a, a, friend of, a friend of mine. There's a certain client that wants to hire us, and I'm struggling with that. I don't, I don't align with the moral aspect of the business, but it's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so again, that, that business, because we, we can do good with that money. So some struggling of, I, I haven't heard yet. What well, we I think there's do. a lot of factors. Like if, if big change is going to come in your life, then there's probably a burden there for that change that's been there and it's been growing and consistent over time. I think an opportunity will usually find you rather than you manipulating it or manufacturing one. I think other people will kind of confirm that decision based on you know those people who really know you and your your agenda and your motives. Mm -hmm. I think that it would make sense that it's in keeping with what's been happening in your development mm -hmm. as a person. Mm -hmm. I think your family would be um, would benefit from the change, and I think it's in keeping with scripture, right. and it's in line with your giftedness, and it's probably going to stretch you some. So I don't think there's any one answer, right. and there's multiple ways and dynamics of looking at a major decision. Mm -hmm. Multi, that's multi-layered answer he gave me. Yeah, but if you're, but you're in, like if you're seeking the Lord and you're growing in your faith, these things will start to become very obvious. Right. Which isn't a bad prayer, by the way. Right. God, be so obvious with me, I can't miss what you want from me. Right. That's right. All right, Pastor Gary, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. All right, man, go. Let's Four go. words. You guys say the first thing that comes to mind. If you pause, we're going to call you out. So everyone get ready. Ooh, first thing that comes to mind. Braves. Home. Home, yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. I think. All right. Second word, pineapple. Kenny Rogers. Can't tell me why. Yeah, he married a woman in Hawaii and had a dole farm. <laughs> pineapple farm. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. This is the most. You, you didn't think of that? No. Oh, okay. I, was, right. I, I was just thinking the fruits. I, I didn't even know. Uh, sunburst. Candy. Is there candy called sunburst? Starburst. I don't know, but that's what you told me to do. So <laughs> yeah. it my mind. All right, final word. I didn't say it was normal. But, uh, final, final word for you. Simplicity. Yeah. Create it. Yeah. 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 We like talking about that. Let me let me just go a little little bit longer here. Um, the series that you're that you're doing, and we're listening to, we're talking about it. I I find some I find my life is simple in the chaos that I have. Okay. Instead of taking some stuff out, I find when I take stuff out, I'm more anxious. I'm trying to seek the, the simplicity of the control chaos. Okay. Meaning, you know, my desk is kind of messy, not as messy as David's, but um, there's multiple things going on, like this show, there's some calls that are happening, and then my daughter, you know, she has sports, and then I won't say hi to my wife, mm -hmm. and back. It's like the chaos kind of puts me in a simplistic state. Okay. So I'm wondering if, if, if that's a benefit, or am I looking at it wrong? Well, you're different than everyone else. Like, so what's the answer for you? Okay, so the answer for you is, is, is probably going to found in, in, in this challenge. 
Jesus took the single most complex thing on the face of the earth, religion, and he boiled it down to two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Let's forget the neighborhood and everybody else. Let's just keep it simple and say love your wife and your children. Okay? Anything, chaotic or not, that gets in the way of you loving him and loving your wife and your children probably needs to be simplified or eliminated. If the things that you have in your life are in, uh, of an intensity that you function well and operate well and it doesn't hinder your love for God or others, go for it, man. I'm doing pretty good with it so far. Okay. Like, I, I've been thinking about it, prayed on it. I'm, I'm really thinking about it. I'm, I, feel, I feel good. Like, I feel content, but i gotta, I got to check more. i got to check more with the folks around me. Sure, because feelings are important, but you also got to ask yourself the question, regardless of how you feel, are you being productive, mm -hmm. efficient? And is your life glorifying God with the gifts that he's given you? So, you know, all of those questions you start to ask, go, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Just because we're having a sermon series doesn't mean you don't have, you're not doing good. Right, it could be right. just a confirmation that you're doing great. Right. So we, just, we discussed just trying to sort that, that out. Yeah, it's, it's the time to evaluate. It's good. It's working. All right. That, that's, that is the end. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Local Buzz Highlands Cashers talk show. I think we should do more, more of these. I think we should, we should do the people of CBC. Come on, man. Dude, you That's do, what you do a good job, Anthony. That's what I'm thinking. Well, thank you. You've got good questions. Thank you so much. Um, that is it. We'll see you on Tuesday, 9.30 a.m. Lori B. will be back. We'll be at the HBR office, Highland Vacation Rentals. All the links to the church, all the links to your Facebook Live page and everything else that y'all wanted to share, we're going to put above here. Also, your book. I haven't read your book. I do want to get that, and uh, we'll put links. I don't know if, is it on Amazon? Yes. Okay, we're, we're going to drop the link up here as well. Get that on Amazon, or they can come to the church and purchase it. But check us out every Tuesday and Thursday, 9.30 a.m. here on the local bus, Highlands Cashiers. We'll see you later. Thanks.